0: Oh, this is going to be special, man. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
3: to Sapnin' Podcast.
1: Sapnin'! Sapnin'!
3: You are listening to episode 271 of Sapnin' Podcast featuring myself, Sean
1: Smith, and my good friend Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and boy, you're in heaven because your face or kneecaps are about to explode like a hand grenade listening to this. Morgan? I am going to pun you back
3: with a movie life pun. I hope you die soon. Thank you very much. This week's guest is singer, songwriter, solo artist, fucking legend, inspiration, all-round good egg, Vinnie Caruana of the movie life. I am the Avalanche and, of course,
1: Vinny Caruana. <laughs> yeah, he has to be, kind of. Well, he has to be, yeah. But this is another bucket list get for you, especially. I mean, look, yeah. he might he might call himself an aging frontman, but for the rest of us, Vinny is a true legend to the scene and basically a vocal blueprint to inspiring generations of pop punk and emo vocalists. It's a simple as that since the late nineties, Vinnie has always been a constant presence, gracing us with multiple influential projects, whether it be the Moody Life, I Am the Avalanche, and his deeply personal solo material. He's like an emo onion; he's full of layers. That is the worst description
3: <laughs> of a guest—an <laughs> onion. Aye. If you cut him, I'll cry. Yeah. Uh, yes, anyway, forget all of it. <laughs> Do you know what? Forget all that. Yes, <laughs> Vinny is our guest this week, and we had an absolutely brilliant, brilliant chat. What I've come to learn is our lives are so similar, we literally just missed each other by about three or four years. Because even when we got to ask the question, where's the weirdest place you've played, turns out, Similar to mine. So similar, in fact. It's exactly the same as mine. So, yes. We talked about everything. The movie life. Deconstruction tour. Producing. The fifth Avalanche record. Some of his friends. How he broke his straight edge, which is one of the best fucking stories I've ever heard. So, yes. This was fantastic. Thank you again to Vinny for coming on. He's a fucking legend who we all love very much. And when I say... He's a member of the best pop-punk band of all time. I genuinely believe that. The movie life are fucking fantastic. And if that's not the name of the next movie life record, I don't know what is.
1: (laughs) And also there's some talk of a VHS tape that you've mentioned a few times before. But if you regularly listen to this podcast, you know that, so many other guests have mentioned Vinny in passing. So I'm just so glad we finally got to do this. And the movie life will be celebrating the 21st <laughs> anniversary of their iconic sophomore album, 40 Hour Train Back to Penn, next month in March. Our selected shows in the States and returning to the UK on the yes. 15th of March in Manchester, 16th in Leeds, and the 17th in London. Some tickets are available. So you want to get them while you can, because that's going to be one hell of a show. But before we talk all things, Vinny, uh, just a reminder, if you enjoy this podcast, you want me and Sean to continue having these ridiculous chats with your favorite artists and beyond, please go and subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. There's a whole amazing community over there. They just go to gigs together. They embrace each other. They send memes on the daily. It's just a lot of great fun. And we would like you to get involved.
3: Yes, they are absolute fucking legends who we love very, very much. But uh, yes, let's get into this because this was a good one. Let's get in with Vinny. Oh, Sapnin! Sapnin! (laughs) In with Vinny. Me,
4: not him.
1: Sapnin! 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 Oh, yes! I was unsure <laughs> if he was going to do it, but he did do it. This week's
3: guest is frontman, singer, songwriter, solo artist. I am the Avalanche founder and the frontman of what I am going to put out there right now. My favorite pop punk band of all time. Holy shit. The Movie Life. Vinnie,
0: thank you for being here. How are you? Thank you very much for that intro. Um, I'm very well, thank you. I'm I, I've spent a lot of time away from home this past year, so I'm in Brooklyn, New York, uh spending quality time with my wife and my friends and my family. And as soon as I get off this call, I'm buying plane tickets for uh to for the movie life to get back to the UK. Wow, yes. yes. So we're starting every, I'm starting, I'm starting, people kind of just ignore me when nothing's going on, which is kind (laughs) of nice, but I'm starting to get texts and emails and things going, okay, we got to do this. We got to do this. I'm like, all right, I guess we're getting busy again. Have you got many
3: friends coming out of the woodwork going, oh, I've noticed you're doing some shows.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to need to be there. (laughs) Yeah, that's always part of it. And that's, that's, that's my, one of my favorite parts about traveling and touring is seeing all the friends we've made throughout the years. Nice. Well, yeah, before we get
3: going, I just want to say, sorry for the bit of bad news lately, about Jurgen Klopp. How do you feel <laughs> about that?
0: It's something I've been unable to process, to be honest. Uh, it's such a shock, especially since he signed a new deal last year. So we figured we had him for two more years, and um, it is super sad, and it's really, really, really difficult to imagine life Liverpool life without him. Um, the most insane shoes to fill. And there's, you know, it's they're not just shoes. It's like an entire. It's like the culture of the club is kind of revolves around him. So it's it's real. It's really really sad, and uh, it's a really strange one. Um, I was discussing this with a friend of mine. He's actually a uh, British dude. He's from he's from Warrington, but he owns a tattoo shop around the corner from me in in uh, Greenpoint, oh. and. He he was like, this is harder than when Stevie G left, and I was like, no, it really, really, it really is, <laughs> like, because we really did get the most out of Stevie G, and I think Jurgen Klopp could probably manage his club until he was eighty. So, yeah, that's true. I'm sure whoever is, I'm sure whoever is not, not interested in football is <laughs> loving this podcast. <laughs> no, uh, 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 no,
1: hey, hey. we go we go off on the random mis tangents and oh, stuff, yes. anyway. So. It's- It's just interesting to find out that you are like you're a diehard Liverpool fan. How does someone from Brooklyn get into football, soccer, and then a a team like that as much as you are?
0: Well, I grew up playing, playing pretty competitively. Um, I was at one time in my life, I was really good. (laughs) 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 Even, you know, I I haven't played lately because my team's disbanded when the, the COVID happened because half of our social circle moved out of Brooklyn during, during the pandemic and never came back. So, but I was playing on two different, uh, for two different clubs in Brooklyn, um, up until, yeah, up until I was about 40. Um, you know, they would show Liverpool matches here. They wouldn't really show, you know, Burnley versus Norwich here, but they would show, you know, (laughs) for the best, for the best. (laughs) Yeah. We were always familiar as fans of the sport and people that played the sport, we were always familiar with Liverpool and they were kind of them and United and Arsenal would be on TV and we would see it like a week after the match took place. It was really hard to follow like what was going on in the league Um, and then like one of the major networks picked it up here probably like 12 years ago or something. Um, and I would watch just as a neutral supporter, enjoying the league and enjoying the, the game and enjoying the sport. And, um, my wife was actually in the UK, um, for work probably maybe 11, 12 years ago. She's over there on the couch. And she, she was like, So who's your team? And, and I was just like, I mean, you know, if I was, if I, I was, I kind of lean towards Liverpool because I did identify a lot with just, the culture of the club, like, uh, which, which, and the play and the history and Stephen, Stephen Gerrard is my favorite player. And so I just kind of told her that. And she was asking me because he was buying me a scarf. So my, my first oh. scarf
4: is
0: from my wife and she, she kind of pushed me over the edge to, uh, <laughs> cho- choose an allegiance. So this, yeah, this is probably. That's a good yeah thought, about then. twelve years ago now oh god when i when i entered when I started uh supporting Liverpool it was pretty dark days actually it was like uh it was like uh fucking jay spearing and uh <laughs> <laughs> Ryan right babble and <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah Torres had just left i think um Suarez had just signed uh but there was there was it, it was a fun team to support. It was, they were scoring a lot of goals, but they were also allowing a lot of goals. But yeah, like I had some misery, you know, and I'm used to it. I grew up a New York jets, New York Mets, New York Islanders fan. So I went through it with Liverpool and then when Klopp signed, yeah, it kind of turned everything around, obviously. And it's been quite a ride. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And just to prove how small the music world is, we were just saying before this, that, um, you actually converse with snozz of the blackout about Liverpool from, time to time as well
0: we became like internet friends and just you know <laughs> oh, wow. we would just write to each other <laughs> about liverpool um i i think that was more like twitter and i mm. i haven't talked to him in a little while because i got rid of twitter thank the lord that was a miserable place oh. to be
3: oh i wish i could i really <laughs> wish i could get rid of it but sadly i've got this bloody podcast so yeah
0: got no no I, this. I, you know the it's it's a, it's a helpful tool as well to like to promote the things that we do. But I, I rely on uh Instagram for that and these days. And I think the guys in my band were like, "But that was how people knew where we were playing." <laughs> like, <laughs> like,
1: ah. like, yeah, I don't,
0: uh, yeah. I don't care. I'm out of here.
1: I'm glad. Um, I'm glad I didn't tell you what football team I support before we organised this. you probably wouldn't have come on at all. Probably, probably not. But. Uh, anyway, um, let's United, talk about yeah. M- uh, music. Um, <laughs> he go- yeah, he goes
3: to see them all the time as well. Yeah, he's one of them. I'm, like, he's not yeah, just a-,
1: a season ticket holder. It's, it's-
3: yeah, he's not a typical United fan who just watches them from London. <laughs> he <laughs> right, actually right. goes. To, he actually goes to. The yeah, games I travel four
1: hours well. to get there. It's more. It's more kind of like that.
0: No, anyway. Oh, uh, that's really cool. Uh, I, and before we before we go on, I'm not that kind of. I grew up in on Long Island. In Long Island. On Long Island, we say, and um I have nothing to do with the rival the the century plus old rivalry between the clubs and the city. I don't pretend to be scouse. I don't pretend to be involved with any of it. I don't hate other clubs. I just love Liverpool and um, uh, and United and you know in the past decade, United <laughs> has not been much of a threat. No, mm. so I, tell you, I tend ah, to mm. I, I tend to hate even less when you know I'm like, oh, it's it going to be five, six, or seven nil. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish, wish I
1: had something to come back with. That. But anyway, um, you, you said uh, <laughs> you said that I'm not being home a lot. I do believe just recently you've been um, away with your producer hat on, working on the records in Florida.
0: Yeah, I was. Uh, um, I've been uh, down there in Florida working with a band called Out of Time, they're like a pop punk band that um, reached out to me about helping and I listened to them and thought I could and uh, so, I've been going down there and like helping them rework their songs, um, helping them rework the vocals, writing songs from scratch and then I just got back, yeah, we just started actually tracking vocals for the record um so i've just been back and forth doing that and it was nice because we just went through like the coldest week of the year in new york and i left that to be in florida where it was like <laughs> 75 degrees it was nice nice
3: well yeah we're um, we're quite lucky now that the beginning of march well the end of february uh, myself and morgan have been invited to go on the emos not dead cruise um, oh, around amazing. Miami mm. So I get to Yeah We get to be out of the UK Being freezing <laughs> f- Freezing fucking cold for For a couple of days when, and get when is that? Miami.
1: Uh end of February. Yeah 27th oh, to
0: the 1st of March Yeah I'm gonna be in Miami The next week That sucks I could've
1: oh. But... Oh, you You yeah. have
3: turned up
0: Oh that'd <laughs> be fantastic I could I could've waved Waved you
3: off <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Is that? Yeah Yeah I was re- yeah, as we're leaving the port, me and Morgan are just looking out and going, well, we don't know anybody. Wait, wait, hey! <laughs> That's Finney!
1: Finney! <laughs> snores his friend! It's Snores his friend! <laughs> just him. <shouting. laughs> but yeah. But what, what, what is, like, the experience with you as a producer? What is you with the producer hat on, like, more than songwriting you? I mean, it must be so different having the experience of looking at artists, without being in the actual band and be able to give them that advice through like a different window.
0: It's so liberating. Yeah. When it's not your own music. Um, so generally speaking, I've, I've, I've co-produced three full length records with Brett Romnus, We call him the rat. He plays drums. And I'm the avalanche in the movie life. He's produced a ton of records that you guys know. Maybe you, I'm not sure if you, fully comprehend like what his body work is but it's like he just did the new hot mulligan he did the new the last few m- mom jeans he did the th- last few free throws he did uh um, oh, wow. like he's kind of like he's he, he the heart attack man like he he's like a go-to guy in that kind of world and um so he and i have co-produced three records together one two for a band called late waves from new jersey and one for a band called family dinner from long island new york and um I, my job is real. i'm not really an en- i'm not an engineer at all um i don't i don't know how to use a laptop um <laughs> i am more like uh let's get into each song individually improve them restructure reconfigure just improve in any way that we can. After that's done, they start tracking drums and bass and guitar and I kind of stay out of that. And me me and the singer will go in the other room and work on the songs, uh work on writing together, work on everything and then of course when we track the vocals I'm in there coaching and making sure everything that I bring to the table is implemented. Like that those are the main things. So I'm not turning the knobs, I'm more like Smoking weed and getting creative. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what? You, th- you could do that for a job? Fuck this shit out. Oh, that's the end of today's podcast. <laughs> Everybody get in touch with me for uh, production at uh, Sean Smith, super producer at superskunk.com. Lovely stuff.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, uh. But no, I've, I've, I've noticed over the last year, you've really featured on a lot of other people's songs and obviously you've been doing music for more years than you'd probably (laughs) like to admit. Is it weird being at the point now where you're that guy people idolize and go to for advice and just help with how to do and navigate this industry rather than being those young kids redefining a genre and creating sounds that all the people don't know what to name?
0: It is it, you know it's been a gradual thing this becoming a 44 year old <laughs> but um it, I've gotten time to get used to that and there's always been younger bands coming up that it's funny a lot of the bands that are like in their bio it's like oh they sound like Taking Back Sunday the movie life and this and that and it's like a lot of times I don't hear it <laughs> I'm just like I don't think this sounds anything like the movie life I don't he- I could understand how it, you know. I, uh, of course, I understand how inspiration, uh, how you can absorb that inspiration and use it in a di- in a bunch of different ways, and hopefully in ways that you're doing something unique for yourself, and you're not just sounding like uh, a band that you grew up on. But like, it is strange being like an elder statesman because I am, uh, regardless of my age, I'm like really still feel like a kid and I kind of still live that way like I've been touring since I was 19 so that's 25 years now. Wow, yeah. Um, And I still love it, I love traveling, I love seeing all my buds around the world, I love playing shows, I love writing music, I love recording music. So, none of that's really changed like you know, I try to take care of myself so that i don't feel like i'm 70 years old and so i'm con- i'm try i'm doing my best to eat right and to do my stretches and get some exercise in when i can and try to stay like just kind of stay who i am because i really enjoy my life and i uh and i don't know where i'd be without the creative outlets and and that output and that um those challenges you know like I see songwriting a lot of times as like a challenge and like you, you really do get, you really hit a wall and then there's another wall and then there's another wall. And I like, I like, and I like that. And I apply that to my life as well of just getting through stuff, getting up a mountain, being at the top and fucking screaming. You know what I mean? Like that's that kind of shit is, um, still really exciting to me. So I feel like I'm 21.
3: Snap yeah that's yeah what you've said there is exactly exactly how i feel as well um i don't think i don't think i've grown up since my band originally took off i think when the band started doing well and i was like oh i could make a career out of this that's when <laughs> my body went oh we're going to be 23 <laughs> until your knees don't work <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's also to you that somebody else feels like I started to think perhaps I've gone mad and it was about time that I (laughs) gave up the ghost for better words and tried to grow up. But, um, good. I'm
4: glad somebody else
0: feels it. I could be fucking, I could honestly, like, it's such a cliche, but yeah, I could be, I could be dead tomorrow. So I, I don't, I don't think about, Oh, are you too old to like be still doing this touring thing and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yo, do whatever the fuck you want with your life. Do what you want to do. I will wither away and mentally and physically die. If I just go, <laughs> if I, if I spend yeah. the second half of my, you know, God, God willing or the second half of my life doing something that I don't care about. It's just not, I, I would rather just, yeah, I'd rather just go live in a cave and fucking, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Is there anything you have noticed that really helps you just kind of not be jaded by this whole experience? Because, you know, there's so many acts who have kind of stepped away from music altogether and then come back or just fell out of love with it. But you've always been in the scene with some form of project one way or another. Like, how do you just stay? How does that fun energy always stay there for you?
0: uh I surround myself with musicians and people that I love being around um that's helpful I mean it's complete it's completely uh unsustainable to to do what I do with you know with people that don't get along or people that don't see eye to eye or don't share a vision that's that's a huge part of it and I'm not a jaded guy I'm not a jaded kind of guy you know I'm a I'm a positive kind of guy um I don't I don't hate when people win. <laughs> uh, okay. I, like when, I like watching people win. It's my favorite thing about Instagram. I'll be honest, like, you know, as like, say what you will about it. But I love going on Instagram and seeing my friends like, you know, I, you know talking about guys that, you know, grew up on my stuff. Like, I'm, I just watched a video right before I signed into this Zoom, like, watching Koyo just destroying in Japan. It's like, yes, dude. Yes. And you know what I mean? Like, I just love, I love going on social media and going, oh, I know these guys are out on tour. Let's see what their show was like last night. And then just kind of cheering them on. You know what I mean? Uh, I love to watch people win. I, I like to watch good people thrive. I like to watch people's hard work pay off. So, yeah, I'm, 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 there's the older I get, the less jaded i become. If anything, I was more jaded when I was 21. Wow.
3: Yeah, you've done the, uh, the opposite of what normally happens, I guess, because they say we, we all get a bit more conservative as we get older, but I, I'm going the other way. I seem to be going more left leaning than I am, uh, right, which is, uh, I might be the only one in my town, actually, but, uh, that's what's happening at the moment, but yeah.
0: It, your town needs people like you. <laughs>
3: oh, no, it doesn't. It I needs a, it needs a, g- it needs a glass dome over the top, and it needs to be nuked <laughs> from the inside. <laughs> like, yeah, wipe it off. Don't start
1: him on rants about Merthyr Tidville. That's that. Yeah, yeah. Be here all day. Be here all day. What's the that. town called? Merthyr
3: Tidville. It's Welsh, Tidville? so it's got a. Oh, Welsh. Yeah, it's got oh, a oh, stupid, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Right. Weird yeah. sounds, weird letters. Yeah, that's what we love. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> Taking Back Sunday once played
3: Merthyr Tidville, and that's probably Murtha Tidville's um, claim to fame, I guess. Even saying Taking Back Sunday played Merthyr feels weird, feels strange. It feels like they might have not even have sent the actual members of Taking Back Sunday and they might have <laughs> sent fakes out to just be like, go, yeah, go play that shit or Go play that. You might die. You might die.
1: Really, one thing I, I always found so interesting speaking to an artist with such a big back catalogue like yours is just the way of balancing all the projects differently. I mean... Do you see them as like various sides to you or is it all blurred into one at this point? Because, you know, there's been times where the movie life hasn't existed. There's been times where Avalanche hasn't been on a cycle. How do you have that mindset of these projects at this point in your career? Well, Avalanche, when Avalanche started,
0: it was in the ashes of the movie life. Um, They were never meant to exist at the same time. There were multiple times throughout Avalanche's career where I thought it was going to end. And anytime Movie Life would play, it would just be like, you know, a few shows here and there. And then Avalanche would continue on doing more of the heavy lifting. Right now, Avalanche and Movie Life exist at the same time. Tangibly, they're completely different. So, Avalanche tours... Avalanche makes records. Movie Life made a record in 2017, which was really, really fun. And it's something we're really proud of. But we haven't done anything since seven years. So, we kind of play shows for fun and bring people together and play songs that they love. And it is a bit more of a nostalgia situation. Avalanche is like, you know, I, we just got finished uh, with the latest session of tracking for our fifth full length. Um, nice. we're, and we're, we're, to- we're touring this year and the way I view it, I guess the way that I view it is I know what I'm writing for. If I'm writing music, um, if I know I'm writing for a solo record, I kn- that's what I'm, I'm doing. The approach is different. I'll play a different guitar. <laughs> I will do, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I will do okay. like, I will like. Being a different mindset. Avalanche is very simple. Me and Mike Ireland, our guitar player, write everything together. So, me and Mike is why the Avalanche sounds the way it sounds. And then, you know, the movie life is like, you know, if you think back to, you know, our big records, 40-hour train back to Penn is Brandon Riley writing music on a guitar and me writing vocals over it. So, those things end up sounding very different because of the different kind of flavors that we're kind of sprinkling in and the different personalities and the different everything, chord phrasings, uh, songwriting tendencies, uh, everything. And and when I'm writing lyrics, um, you know, I don't know how to like uh, fake it. I just write from my heart every single time and that's it. So uh, as far as lyric writing goes, if anything, I feel like maybe the solo records get uh, sometimes way too deep and way too depressing, but I like to, that, that's a real outlet for me. So, so yeah, I mean, the, writing on my own for my solo records is like an insane feeling because I'm used to bouncing it off of somebody, but it's, it's rewarding as well to kind of, to kind of, um, do whatever I want which is really nice like I just I literally just do whatever I want on my solo records I don't I don't think about how anyone's going to enjoy it or consume it or anything I just do it for me
1: but but that's the thing I always love these artists who have very different projects that aren't kind of blended into each other I mean obviously you mentioned they're all kind of existing in the weird multiverse that's going on right now i'm sure you didn't imagine what's happened but it must be so cool refreshing and having that freedom that you can go hey we're gonna go and do movie live shows but then i'm gonna go and do avalanche shows and i'm gonna do solo shows and you can write for whatever you want in between there's no like oh this song again for the same night (laughs) 50 nights in a row you can mix it up
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, we played the most insane movie life set like two weeks ago. I I submitted the set list to the band and I was like, here. And they were just like, okay, so we're playing songs that we haven't played since 1999. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Um, awesome. So yeah, movie life, it's always fun to kind of, uh, when uh, everyone that comes and sees the movie life loves the movie life and has a special place in their uh, their time and place in in their life when they connected with those records um so i love blowing people's minds with like really left field shit on set lists and we always play the 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 big ones and uh but yeah movie life um i enjoy each each situation i enjoy equally and differently mm-hmm. i love traveling on my own i don't have to ask everybody where they want to eat I can I can I can change the set list on a dime I mean last time I was that UK tour I just did I just did a solo UK tour that tour was nuts like I was I would halfway through the set I would just be like "All right, who wants to hear what like I would just abandon the entire set list wow Uh, my set lists uh, when I'm when I play solo are very much just kind of a guideline you know um, but no, I, I love it. I love it all. I'm really grateful that I still get to do it all. And it's, it is it is it is really, really uh, something I don't take for granted.
1: Well, diving into those wild movie life shows, I mean, as Sean said in the intro, I think mean, you've got such an iconic cult inference on the scene from that band. and It's really interesting mm. when you think that original run was only really like six, seven years before the hiatus and reunions and making that new album a few years back. How weird is it seeing a band that you were a part of legacy grow so much when it doesn't exist for so long? And then you come back and it's maybe bigger than it was first time around.
0: Oh God. Yeah. I mean, when we reformed, we played two shows in New York city uh, and I had those probably 2200 tickets or something like that let me be the first to tell you at our absolute biggest when in back in those days we played that club one time and it probably sold out the day of the show so to to announce a reunion and just be like boom boom up oh, they both sold out and yeah. then <laughs> the same in Philly the same in Boston the same in LA the same it wasn't like that when we were a band i mean if anything I think that we were about to achieve more um, before we broke up because the record had been out for maybe six months and people really were feeling it and when we broke up, people were just like, I feel like it got more attention (laughs) than me in the 40-hour train. Um, A lot of people didn't, you know... This was a time when, like, a lot of new people were getting into the scene. So a lot of people probably got into the movie life and were like, great, I love this band. When are they touring? And it's like, yeah, they broke up last month. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
3: Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't mention it. Yeah. Well, it must have been so weird because, yeah, I fucking, like, that record is amazing. Like, 40-hour train. Like, I can see what you mean by saying that you kind of felt like you might have been on to something bigger because it was such a good record that, yeah, where, when you did announce that you split up, I just remember going like, what? they just...
0: Yeah. We were coming there too. We were coming to... Uh, we were just about to do a tour with a uh, funeral for a friend who was exploding at the mm. time. So when we broke up, uh, we had just played Reading and Leeds. And that was a big deal for us. We had great shows. And then we were coming back main support for funeral for a friend who, you know, was on the radio by then and like really getting huge. And we had played shows with them. And like when we were both kind of like smaller bands and stuff, um, I'm pretty sure further seems forever took our place on that tour. When we broke up, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Do
3: you know what? I think I've got a poster upstairs for that. (laughs) Um,
0: I'll never, I'll never forget. Like people were so bummed. And yeah, it was like, it seemed like, especially in the UK, that I mean the UK was always very kind to us and we had people coming to shows from the very first show. Actually, our first show ever was in Wales. It was in uh Newport at TJ's.
1: Wow. First, wow. First,
0: yeah. Nice. First uh first movie life show, first movie life tour. We had Thursday supporting us and we played at TJ's. And I remember I um, was
4: there. <laughs> I was there. <Yeah>. <laughs> I was there.
0: That's the poster I've got. Movie Life Thursday. <laughs>
3: Did someone like Hundred Reasons pay as well? Was it somebody like that? Oh. Uh,
0: we were the only one we were the only ones on the tour, but there could have been local support for shows, I'm not sure. I know Hundred Reasons obviously went on to be a big band as well. But yeah.
3: yeah, they did, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure they Was it that
4: show?
1: Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going mad in my... uh... Sean's got loads of memorabilia and especially uh, one VHS tape that he's mentioned on this podcast before.
3: Here it is. Here it is. Here's a VHS tape that Mike Lewis of Lost Profits recorded for me because he knew um, two of my favourite bands he was touring with. He was on tour on OzFest with Glassjaw, So he filmed Uh a Glassjaw set on this VHS. The movie life is on this video. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it. It's fucking terrible.
0: From Warp Tour as well? No. Deconstruction. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You need to... <laughs> I need to see that. You played a bull ring. This is the show
3: yeah. on VHS. <laughs> <In Spain. laughs>
0: I remember that show. We played a bull ring in Spain. And our dressing room had fucking meat hooks hanging from the ceiling and a <laughs> no. drain on the floor. It was really gnarly. I actually went, um, I walked into that dressing room. We would play early each day because there were just some massive bands on that tour. Um, That lineup was fucking insane. Um, But I remember that day. I don't know if it was Madrid. Maybe it was Madrid. It is
3: Madrid. Yeah, it is Madrid.
0: Yeah. I remember uh as soon as we played, there was nowhere really else to hang out and our dressing room was like a fucking place where you drain the blood out of like tortured animals. It was really fucking rough. And so, I remember going out after our set and walking around Madrid and found myself in a... uh Pick up a football game and I played with a bunch. I played football for like three hours uh, <laughs> I- instead of hanging out with uh, in-, in, our- in our really dreary dressing room. That is crazy. I love Mike. M- Mike Lewis is awesome. I love him so much. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah.
3: They, yeah when he, when he gave me that VHS, I could not wait. And yeah, what a fucking Because the thing is, years later, uh, the blackout, we supported. Linkin it was Linkin Park Lost Profits and the Blackout played that wow. very bull ring. Oh my gosh. And I was like surely this is the bullring ring I've got on the VHS because there's no other <laughs> bull rings
0: that do gigs, surely.
3: <laughs> and yeah. we are, we have a question on you that we normally ask um people from bands and stuff like what's the weirdest venue they've ever played and I'll always say my mine is I played a bull ring in Madrid you've technically done that as well.
0: So can you beat the bull ring? Uh, um, the bull ring is certainly exotic, especially mm, the fact yeah. that it's in, I'm uh, not that we have bull rings here, but <laughs> yeah, that, well, yeah. uh, Madrid bull ring is pretty good. Let's see on the first tour ever. Um, first movie life tour in 1998, we played a show in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the middle of the desert where, They brought the band and the PA out in a pickup truck and set up on a concrete slab. Uh, That was kind of for like drainage. So it was like this big tunnel behind us for like, for like drainage in a desert. I guess I don't even, I can't really explain the infrastructure of how that works, but. We did play a fucking raging party in 1998 in the middle of the desert on a concrete slab. Um, and things wow. got really wild. And I remember the promoters, uh, being like, I think it's time to get you guys out of here because I think things are <laughs> about to get weird. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, gonna think some unique, uh, yeah, I think the bullring probably takes it, but that, that, that Vegas one, especially me being like 19 years old, uh, experiencing that Las Vegas experience was, I don't know, amazing. And that was the kind of stuff too, where I, I just like somebody not like me would be like, get me the fuck out of here. I, I remember being on tour in 1998 being like, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to travel. I want to experience new shit. I want to get out of my town. I want to like, yeah, you
3: know, so Yeah. And one day I hope I can play a Spanish theatre of death. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting, yeah, what a fucking what a mad venue that was like. Who the fuck yeah. goes surely this bigger surely these venues in Madrid they could use before the bull ring. Surely there is.
0: I know. The uh it's funny, like if you would have asked me that question and we hadn't touched on that VHS tape. I would have definitely said the bull
3: rings. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I wish we hadn't fucking brought the VHS (laughs) tape up. (laughs) And
0: then we could have asked in and gone, yeah, I know.
3: I
1: got the proof. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I mean, just going down memory lane and you mentioned there your love for Mike Lewis. I mean, we've got so many mutual friends and one of them in the same vein is Mr. Jeff Rickley. And uh, he yeah. told the story on this podcast ages ago. And I kind of wanted your take on it because he was explaining kind of, you know, starting No Devotion and having a little bit of doubt whether he wanted to participate because obviously all the major attention of what happened with Lost Profits towards the uh-huh. end. And he said about showing you the original demos and you saying, well, if you don't do it, I will. So he had to go and do it <laughs> so you wouldn't steal it away. Do you recall any of that in that time frame, and, and just in telling Jeff to go and do it?
0: I don't remember saying if you don't do it, I will, but, but I do remember being very supportive of it. The idea, um, you know, I toured, I, you know, movie life and lost prophets toured quite a bit together. You know, mm. we did it. We did their headlining tour. We did deconstruction tour, which was probably like three weeks of shows. Like, And we were friends and, um, still friends with, uh, with the guys. And like, you know, I just love Jeff so much and love those boys so much that like, I just thought, wow, like, what a fucking wild story. And what, what, like, what a way to like take back your own kind of narrative and, 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 not only make a great that record stick. One of the songs on that record, I the name of the song escapes me, is like a song I still listen to, like co- pretty consistently. I'm just rooting for those guys, you know. I'm rooting for the guys that that were, you know. We don't need to get into the whole thing. Everybody knows what happened, but like, I'm I, those other guys deserve to be happy <laughs> and oh, been through awesome. hell. They've fucking been through hell, and I can't even imagine. But like the f- Jeff, combined with the the rest of the guys, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. And then I heard the demos, and I was like, yes, dude. Like um, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, that been, that would have been really interesting if you said no. We we might be having a different conversation right now. I could have been tour. I I
1: could have been touring in No Devotion. <laughs> I was going to say you could be. You could, I was wondering how close we were to having you part Welsh at this point. Really?
0: Well, <laughs> <But laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Jeff uh, called. It, I'm pretty sure Jeff came up with that name because he's very good at that. Uh, yeah. So uh, it probably would be called something else if I got involved.
3: <laughs> what a crazy world! Like, yeah, what man no, world.
1: It, it, it's it's funny just how small this industry is, really, and just how everything crosses over. And that brings me to uh, another point i wanted to bring up because you know as i said you've been part of all these projects but technically am i right in saying that you were the first ever guitarist for head automatica uh
0: that is technically uh i mean there was another so okay so i was in i was in head automatica i joined a group of guys there was an, already a guitar player. It was the lead guitar player. I came in as the rhythm guitar player. When the movie life was breaking up, we were in the van on tour in America. We were on tour with Fairweather and the honorary title were supporting us. We weren't getting along. We decided to call it quits while we were on tour. So we probably wow. had a week left. We probably had a week left of the tour. Um, and we were getting along since we were we we finally communicated, which we were very <laughs> bad at. But once we got it all out there and we decided we were breaking up and that everybody wanted to kind of move on with their lives, we had about a week. So, me and Daryl, you know, grew up together. So, I, he knew what was going on. I called him. I'm like, this is, you know, um, this is what's going on. We're breaking up, blah, blah, blah. Immediately, he's like, playing autom- head automatica. I was just like, I don't know if I'm a good enough guitar player to... I didn't play that much guitar back then. As soon as he asked me, like, I started playing a lot of guitar. <laughs> uh, nice. And I would say that my proficiency on guitar a- as it is, I'm not saying that I'm a great guitar player, but a lot of that has to do with me cramming to be, <laughs> cramming to be in head automatica. Um, but yeah, I was in Head Automatica, um, it was a great time. It was before the band was touring, it was more like putting together a band, we were mixing the first record and also working on like, you know, it, 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 it's it's fucking crazy to imagine. I'm not sure if you guys are into that, into decadence or not, but like, oh. imagine, uh, imagine that re- record without Beating Heart Baby and The Razor. <laughs> Because those yeah. songs weren't well,
3: well, yeah. Well, originally, yeah, there was a leaked version when I, there was a leaked version of the album that didn't have um, the razor on it that I remember hearing. Because I, yeah, I was I've literally grown up. I was obsessed with Daryl. Right, I told him this the other day. Mm-hmm. It was fucking weird. I don't know what it is <laughs> about South Wales and Long Island, but we're yeah. fucking twinned, right? Everyone in South Wales loves all the bands from Long Island, <laughs> and that's how it is. It's very strange, but yeah, like I love that. Um decadence record. I think it was Mike Lewis actually who might have played me some of the stuff early on. Um, okay. yeah, prior to oh were they his, on the uh, same and, label
0: or something? They were on the same yeah, yeah, major. yeah, there was something
3: going on. I think either that or they would they were talking to Howard Benson or just, there was something, I don't know. Oh, there was right. some there was some sort of there was some sort of link between them. But yeah. Yeah, that record was absolutely fantastic.
0: So I yeah, Hedomatica, I played two shows. Uh I played uh, Spaceland in LA and the Sundance film festival in, in, (laughs)
4: Oh,
0: you know, I got, I got, I got alcohol poisoning that night. Uh, my one and only time getting alcohol poisoning. Um, yeah, we were floating a warm bottle of vodka back and forth through, uh, in the hot tub and I had just stopped being straight edge. I was Uh, just about to say, yeah, this is post everybody being straight edge as well. Yeah. Yeah, me and Daryl broke straight. We broke straight edge together uh, in San Francisco while we were working on Head Automatica.
3: Oh, wow! Um, wow! Yeah. Whose idea was that? It was someone like,
0: oh, it I was actually cannabis. mine. I, I, what? It was actually my my idea. I uh, it was it, if you'd like to hear the story, I've told mm. it. A few yes, times, please. But not on your podcast, of course. All right, so you'll love this story, man. <laughs> um, so we were we we made. Uh, I shouldn't say we. Daryl made decadence with Dan the Automator. Howard Benson didn't come in. Howard Benson didn't come in until later when they needed a few. And and in, in fairness, it was a good call because "Beating Heart Baby" became came out of those sessions. So Dan the Automator obviously has done a ton of cool shit, knows a lot of cool people. So we were in San Francisco, which we we would be there a lot working on Head Automatica stuff, getting the band together. And Mike Patton and Roselle were making, uh, uh, they made a record together, I think, uh, where like, they just do crazy shit with their voices. So um, they oh, uh, did like, one, a, Moon yeah. yeah Moon um, so they played at great American music hall in San Francisco. And Dan was like, do you guys want to go to the show? So we go, we go out to the show and we walk in, he brings us back in the dressing room and it's Mike Patton. And we're just like, like, we're huge fans. Like, I learned to sing, like, riding around in my Jeep with Daryl, singing along to Faith No More. You know what I mean? Like, Mike Patton was super cool. We ended up hanging out with him uh, more than once. And he was really just kind. And we tried so hard to play it cool and pretend like we were just, you know, cool guys. Um, but we we were freaking out. So, we walk in the room and Mike Patton literally goes to, like, he, we go to shake hands, and he goes. Actually, let's do this right. Let's do this right. And he just pours me, pours me and Daryl shots of Hennessy. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, we're straight edge. And he's just like, uh, okay, not uh, no more. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom you know, goes, whatever. not no more. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we actually like we didn't drink with him. We 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 stayed straight edge. We we ended up hanging out with him in L.A. as well with Dan, and uh, it was funny. Patton moment. Um, me, Daryl, and Mike Patton are in the back seat of like a four door sedan. <laughs> Dan, Dan and our and our manager Tony, um, we're in the front seat, and we we went out. <laughs> it's Really funny. Dan knocked on our hotel room door in L.A. He goes, "You guys want to go get tacos?" And we're like, "Nah." And then Patton pe- peeks his head in the room, and we're like, "Yep, <laughs> we'll go." <Yeah. laughs> And uh, Pat- Patton asked me about, you know, he could, most Vinnies are Italian and uh, around around these parts anyway. And um, he's like, oh, you're Italian? I'm like, yeah, yeah, like my father's Sicilian and my last name's Caruana. And he's like, cool. I'm like, what's your uh, heritage? And he just goes, Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, and then he doesn't say anything else. And me and Daryl are like just poking each other like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, so, me and Daryl got on the plane home from San Francisco. And I just kind of I remember looking at him and going, I'm not straight edge anymore. And he's just like, What do you mean? Because we like got our straight edge tattoos inside of our lips together. Like and I was just like, you know, I'm not I'm just like, I don't My whole thing was like, Why can't I have a drink with Mike Patton? Because like the straight edge gods are gonna <laughs> fucking strike me dead, you know? <laughs> Yeah. So I just didn't care much about straight edge or anything like that. I cared more about like I just didn't like the whole like oh these are the rules <laughs> and the and the older guys in the hardcore scene are going to judge me if I'm not straight edge and like by the time I was 23, 24, I did not give a fuck about anything like that. You know, I, I was not a kid anymore. So yeah, he's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going when we get back to San Francisco, I'm going to smoke a joint. And I did. I went back to San Francisco. Brandon, who was the other guitar player in Head Automatica, who, fucking, who I saw like that year earlier playing in Lovage, which was a fucking... So, we were like... Me and Daryl were playing in a band with Dan the Automator. What, the shows that I played, Dan the Automator was next to me with turntables. Wow. <laughs> That's nuts. I know. And the guitar player of fucking Lovage, when I watched Lovage, he was just playing a guitar uh with no clothes on with cowboy boots and just a leopard print uh G-string bikini like you do yeah,
1: yeah. nice that's <laughs> fashion
0: right? so that that guy the Brandon who's awesome I love him um Brandon had some weed and twisted it up and smoked the joint um and we smoked the whole thing and lost our fucking minds and at some point after I lit the joint Daryl was just like fuck it pass the joint and we were just like yeah. wow uh it was a real moment. Um and neither he or I has really turned back. I mean uh I I still enjoy I still enjoy uh still enjoy smoking weed. Yeah, snap. Um yeah,
3: I did um eighteen eighteen to twenty-eight. I was under the in uh, under the street edge influence. Okay. And then um and then I was twenty eight, I was in Japan and um Mike Lewis again, we were on tour with Lost <laughs> Profits in Japan. And Mike Lewis goes, do you want anything for the bar? And I was like, oh yeah, I'll have a can of Coke. And he came back and he was like, Bailey's. And I was like, Bailey's? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yes, cream liqueur. So I started drinking. I had about four of them, got a bit drunk and then um, ended up kissing a Japanese lady. And then the morning after, I was like, am I fluent in Japanese when I'm drunk? Because how did that happen? I have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Um, and yeah, I am looked back and now... Marijuana is my, of choice, my, uh, my, my, my pleasure
1: of choice. And then of course and then there's me who's 28 and hasn't drank oh, or you've never smoked done anything. Yeah. No, ever. ever? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, you should never, never in your life still. Never, never smoked anything. Oh, never so. drunk anything. Never taken any pills that weren't prescribed. Where <laughs> do we get to Miami? Yeah, where do we
3: get to Miami? <laughs> oh. oh, God. This one. It's on then. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be like, why does my Coca Cola taste spicy? Uh, why am I falling over a lot?
1: Why can't I stand up on this boat? And I'm like, oh, you just, it's just a sea legs, mug. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. But no, Vinny, I p- appreciate those. Like, that's a mad story. Like, I, yeah, you, Palumbo, and Patton. Patton. Geez, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a That's, hell that's three a of true. my favorite front
3: men hanging out. That's three yeah. of my favorite front men of all time hanging out. That's nuts. That it's is nuts. bonkers. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um,
0: it, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. I've only, met, yeah, I've been lucky enough to meet Patton once, and hopefully, I. According to Dave, we have we've had Dave Lombardo on, and I told him the story of how I met Patton, and he said, "Oh, you'll remember that," and I was yeah. like, "Oh no!" So I, I hopefully I'll, for for my sake, I'll never get to meet him again
0: because it was quite embarrassing. Um, oh really? I'm yeah, ju- I'm sure he was. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't think about that. That you no, yeah, no, I don't know. It
3: was it's pretty bad. Like, I, yeah. Right, right, yeah. So we were in Australia. We were playing on stage at Sunwave Festival. My tour manager goes, "Patton's over there." I look to my left. Mike Patton's watching my band. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" We just uh, is a bit in one of our songs. We got a song called "Higher and Higher," where we had a, a guy called Hyro the Hero. He rapped over the, the middle eight section. Yeah. It was coming up to that section. I was like, I'm not doing the fucking rap today. I'm going to go and see Mike Patton. So I ran over to Patton and I went, Hi, yeah. All right. Um, I love you. Oh, no. I just told you I loved you. I got to go. I'm in the band you're watching. And he went, Yeah, I know. And I just walked <laughs> off and Holy I was like, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> But the thing is, we had about another 10 days on that sound wave, and I saw Patton a couple of times from far away, but I never saw him up close again, which makes oh. me believe he must have <laughs> saw me before I got close enough to him. And he was like, I got to get out of here. That guy is fucking weird and he loves me.
0: <laughs> that, that festival, that, that tour is, that's all it is. It's younger guys going, holy fucking shit, that's Vinny Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went... <laughs> I went to Vinnie Paul. I was waiting. I was, we were like getting lunch at the same exact time. And I was just like, Hey Vinny, what's up, man? And like, uh, you know, I'm just dishing salad into my fucking plate. And he, and I just, me- <laughs> yeah. I, I just remember going, I'm, I'm Vinny too. And he's like, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice.
3: I'm glad we both, yeah, I'm glad we both had, um, awkward Soundwave stories. That's, um,
0: <laughs> oh my God. There's just fucking rock stars walking around. And then there's all these kids that like grew up on all this, all these guys being like, oh, fucking, please don't embarrass yourself right now. One of my
3: favorite memories of Soundwave Festival was we had just landed. Obviously, all the bands fly together on two like chartered flights. And we had just landed. And Jared Leto was wearing all white. Of course. Of course, right? He was in all white, dripping in white. And he was doing Tai Chi in the middle of the baggage claim area, right? And I looked behind me because I could hear laughing and behind me from behind a pole as well. So they were like hiding around a pole filming was Zach Della Rocha. And Robert the zombie. Rob <laughs> oh Zombie and Zach Della were laughing and giggling like schoolchildren at, at Jared Leto doing... I was like, how have I done... What? I've won the lottery. There's, that's Zach <laughs> that's Robert Rocha. That's Robert the Dusty Zombie. They're laughing at this man who thinks he's Jesus in a baggage carousel. What's going on? What a mad sewer so that
0: is. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, I, I, you just reminded me of another story i was going to an after party and i uh, from the hotel and i jumped in a car with another dude and uh he he is like he had like long gray hair long gray beard i'm like so uh, so uh who who do you work for and he was like i'm in lamb of god you fucking little shit (laughs) (laughs) and then uh when it came time to pay i was like oh here he goes nah like i said I'm in Lamb of God. Uh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Nice. I, was, I was like,
0: yes, dude. I was such a. I, that, that, that's so shitty. Oh, I have gray hair, so I have to work for somebody. Like, I'm not in a band. You know. It was such a stupid thing to say.
3: Yeah, but the problem is, if he's in Lamb of God as well, I'm guessing he had shorts on, right? That seems to be a standard for Lamb of God. But <laughs> instantly, you've got to think, he's probably a front of house engineer.
0: Because if he's got shorts on and he's got long gray hair. Yeah. I, he ju- he lo- he he looked like a front of house guy, road dog. He looked like a guitar tech that everybody in the industry knows. He just that was the you know we are we all have our prejudices and we we, we, we make a split second decision about somebody and then we then we talk out of our ass. Yeah, who are you here with? Who am I? You with? You are you with me? I'm in lama god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly.
3: We travel. I remember traveling one day with um, children of boredom. Right. And they no makeup. It was fucking strange. I was like, I saw you the other day, like literally head to toe to the floor in black and black and white makeup. And now you're just you're just you're just chilling on a bus. We're all going to the beach together. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like we just on the beach.
0: (laughs) It sounds like we uh, we just missed each other on that tour because we did a few of the we did it twice in that era. Um, But I feel like we would have met if that was the case. If we were on the same one. I don't remember Zach Dilaraka being on one, ones that I was on. I think it was like Nine Inch Nails headline one of the ones and then like Slipknot headline the other one or something like that. Oh, we had Metallica
3: did the one because they invited everybody to their barbecue the first night, which was very nice of them, obviously. Um, yeah, 2013 and maybe
0: 2014
3: or 2000. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, something like that we did. but
0: Yeah, I think we went a little earlier than that. Amazing times.
1: Well, Vinny, super appreciate you uh, just sharing all these stories. As we start winding down on the conversation a little bit, there is two other things I would like to mention. And one of them is the fact that a couple of years ago, you actually took time out to write a children's book.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I had an idea for a children's book um, where these kids these kids figure out like this ritual to perform where like if they perform this ritual before they go to sleep that they can travel within each other's dreams and um i i kind of held on to the idea and then long story short uh ate a bunch of edibles like much more more edibles than i generally Uh-oh. take it was like a snowy day it's, I ate a bunch of edibles and was like, I'm going to write the book right now. And I did. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, I wrote it over the course of like two days and uh, stayed extremely high the entire time. And it was a really magical time. I was in uh, Brooklyn Heights and it was snowing and it was just kind of like this. I was just looking out the window at the Brooklyn Bridge, just kind of like being a kid, really just making up fun stuff. Um, And I... I reached out, um, Toby Morris had put out a book with this company called H E creative, uh, a UK based company. Uh, this guy, Phil Howell is the the guy that designs everything. And he's a really, really talented guy. And, um, I reached out to Phil and was like, I have an idea for a book. And he's like, let's fucking do it. And it happened so quickly. Um uh, and it came out so awesome. I'm so stoked. Like I really want to, I actually got to, uh, Got to spend some time with Phil um, when I was in London just a few months ago. I'd love to just keep doing that kind of thing. I want to like make more children's books and I don't, I just like make, I just want to keep doing creative stuff mm. and that was really fun for me. So, I think I want to do Epic Sleepover too. But yeah, it's called Epic Sleepover. So, if anyone wants to get it, hit up H- HE Creative, um, UK based company like, you know, he's got he's he's them. Got um, and I always bring them on tour as well. So I, I sell them at my merch table, and and he sells them from his website. It's really, really cool. So shout out to Phil for making one of my dreams come true. To have a children's book is super special, and I don't... Another thing I do not take lightly. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of uh, emo parents who listen to this. So I thought it was definitely worth a, worth a shout out. Um, As well, like, obviously, we've talked about so many different experiences you've had in different bands. But I was wondering, is there ever been a point where you've had offers from other people to either step in and join their band or take over or people approaching you for some mad secret project that we've never known about? I mean, you must've had one or two of these conversations in the past. I have. um, I have had people reach out to me and my answer. uh,
0: The only one I said yes to was... Uh, Sammy Siegler, nice, uh, Good start. total legend, drummer, yeah. judge, youth of today, side by side, played on everything you ever wanted to know about silence, uh, rival schools, uh, plays in shelter now as well. Like total New York hardcore legend. He, he actually played drums in the movie life for a UK tour because our drummer dropped off the tour, like three days before the tour, I think. And, uh, Sammy played drums. So we got to know, uh, we knew Sammy through Glassjaw because he was playing in Glassjaw, which was insane to all of us because <laughs> we all grew up looking up to him. Sammy reached out to me about doing a hardcore band and I said yes immediately. And that is called Constant Elevation. People can go and hear that. There's some cool shit. Um, and then, but like, yeah, even last week, a guy that like from a band that I like hit me up and was like, I'm doing a new project. I think you would sound good over this. What do you think? And I, I, I not, as much as I wanted to say yes to everything, like, I told them, I'm like, listen, man, like, I, my plate is full. I do so much solo touring, avalanche tours, movie life shows, producing records, making children's books, doing all this stuff that I do. And, and I just like, I was like, you know, I just don't want to say yes to you. And then fall short of the commitment and and I was like, you know, I think my plate's a little too full. So, I have been asked here and there by people to to jam and it's kind of like, you know, Movie Life and Avalanche weren't meant to exist at the same time. I don't need to pile more. I don't need to sing in any other rock bands. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> that being said, if I, if I was approached by the right situation uh, in the right moment, like I would think about it. Um, And I do think about it and I consider these things, you know, um, but I just, it it would have to be something different. I don't need to be in another melodic punk band. You know what I mean? Mm. I have two of them and it's hard enough keeping those things separated, you know?
1: Yeah. And you you don't have enough time when you try, need to um, make your application to replace Jurgen Klopp as Liverpool manager as well. So, I mean, that's, (laughs) yeah, I wonder who they're going to get. Alex Ferguson, I think.
3: Oh, uh, that, no! Hey, shit, no one yeah. would be happy
1: with that. Everyone would be no, so yeah, angry. Yeah. Everyone would be <laughs> mad, except me. Except
3: me, because I've got I've got <laughs> yeah. no horse just in that race. I'm just like, yeah,
0: fuck that up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you and your popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's going on? Now? Yeah. Uh, I think, Chab- I think, Chabby Alonso. I think that's that's what's on the tip of everyone's tongue. He's doing he's doing so well in Germany right now. Um, we we don't need to bring this back in. Yeah, things. sorry about that.
1: Yeah. I just, Sorry, Sport. I just I thought I'd make, for, I'd make it full circle before. I end. Let's bookend
3: the chat with misery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was so good in the middle for
3: so long and then sure, i had to fuck it up right to the end. But yeah, sorry about that. Uh,
1: no, mate, thank you so much for taking the time. Honestly, we really appreciate it. You're someone we've wanted on for so long. So I'm glad we could finally do it. And yeah, it's just been awesome just to hear these stories, man. So, thank you and excited for the movie left to be coming back to the UK yes. in March as Can't well wait. for a rung of shows
0: yeah yeah we're playing Leeds Manchester and London everybody should come out if you guys want to come out I know I don't I know you live in Wales I'm sorry we're not playing there but I'll travel for that uh, if you guys if you guys want to come out just let me oh, know I'd, I'd love, love to, to yeah. absolutely love yes to. please I'd love to yeah. but yeah love to
3: have, how yeah. can I how can I possibly get this VHS tape <laughs> somehow converted uh, what, what, you, what you have do to Yeah,
0: yeah you got it I don't know. I'm the last person you need yeah, to ask about yeah, it, but yeah. I would like to own that. Yes, I will get. <laughs> it was probably such a weird show too. Like we, it was like a, I don't even know if we had ever been to Spain before. We hadn't.
3: Well, I don't own a VHS player. I haven't. I have owned one for about ten years, I guess. So I haven't watched this for ten years. But there's definitely a bit where you start and you go right. Let's get a circle pit going. It's Something like we feel just at home because we play bull rings in New York all the time, or some shit like that. And then, <laughs> and then you just start playing. It's fucking oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to. Yeah, I'll have to find it. And old uh, twenty-one-year-old wise. Yes, was. genius. So, but yes, thank you for everything. Thank you for this chat. Honestly, thank you for the inspiration over the years. Thank you for the music. Um and yeah hopefully we'll get to see you in March. Um and yeah good luck with everything. Can't
0: wait. Can't wait to see more. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much. Um I really appreciate it. All right, peace boys. Hold
2: up.
3: Yes, Woo. that was the fantastic Vinnie Caruana of the movie life. I am the Avalanche, and of his own name, fame, unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I, I couldn't believe half of those stories. Literally, our face when he was describing himself, Palumbo, and Patton in uh, a car together—like really that's the best the, one. That's the ultimate Uber lift, I think.
3: Yeah, that, yeah, I'd love her. If you could just get a bit of fucking do stay in it as well.
1: <laughs> that's, that's it.
3: Whoa. Oh. Front men in cars getting coffee. My new um show I'm trying to start. So if um <laughs> And I know Patton likes coffee, so yeah. Patton Palumbo. Should I do the peas? I'd have to get a, another P name when I. Fred Purst. He's changed his name. <laughs> changed his name. So <laughs> say Prince, but that wouldn't work now either. Well, we could do a seance in the front seat as it was <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving on
1: fucking uh,
3: quick Four uh, Princes
1: fucking Purple Army doing us. Yeah, no but like yeah go and check out all of Vinny's work I mean if you were listening to this podcast and you somehow are not familiar with the movie life or I Am Avalanche or any of this sort of material please take out the time to listen to it because they are some of the most influential records from the last 20 years that you need to experience and there's, it's no surprise that since they come back, they've been bigger than ever. Um, and like playing thick, like when we were young and just, yeah, I'm excited for them to come back to the UK now and hopefully we can go and have a good laugh.
3: Yes. It was, it's very nice to see people finally getting their flowers. Um, so yes, I'm going to try and go to March the 17th in London to go and see the movie life but Raiders are playing March the 16th in Northampton. So I might have to go from Northampton back to Wales at night <laughs> to come back to London. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh, I'm up for it for the movie life. Um Yeah, speaking of people getting their flowers, this week, uh, You Me at Six have announced that they are going to split up in 2025, with it being the 20th anniversary of the band. They've recently put out um an absolutely brilliant video, I think. To announce that they were going to end it, Um, I wish I'd done that instead of just doing a Facebook post going, "Oh, that's it. We can't be. We can't do this anymore." They did uh, basically a movie, so um, I just want to send my love to all of those boys because I know, I know what they're going through because I've been through it myself, and my band have been through it. So we, everybody from the Blackout and me and Morgan, send our love to you, Mia Six, who have played such a major role in the UK rock, pop and emo scene over the last 20 years. So, yes, we just want to give those boys their flowers um, while we can. They are headlining Slam Dunk this year. That is going to be their final ever UK appearance, so please try and get there. Also, the Black are playing the best in town in full at that. And we are currently trying to persuade Joshua to come and sing. This is why we can't Ooh. have nice things with us. And maybe I can do the consequence with them if they are playing
1: it. Mm, that so. would be nice. Whoa. That would be nice. But yeah, they have constantly been, uh, well, a constant in people's lives for the last two decades. Uh, we've shared so many good memories and laughs with them, like in our personal lives, in other stuff we do and on this podcast. So yeah, massive love. And just thanks again to them for the music and just being... Awesome dudes. Um, hopefully, we'll get to have one last chat with them for uh, for something in the future. But yeah, just glad that they get to kind of have their flowers and do this last year of touring and um, people sh- show their appreciation. Uh, speaking of um, people out on tour, though, uh, it's February, Sean. It's February yeah. 2024. <laughs> that means the Blackout are doing their oh. first tour in nine years in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I... I'm
3: not terrified, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't wait. February the 19th, we start in Manchester. Then we are in Glasgow. Then we have a day off. Then we are playing Cardiff. Then we are playing Birmingham Academy. Please come to that one. And then we are playing London, Kentish Town Forum. Um, but yes, definitely come to Birmingham Academy because it's fucking massive. If you could come and bring your biggest, tallest and widest friends and get them to star jump, that will take up more room and therefore, um will make us all feel better. But yes, uh cannot wait. I'm excited about the support bands. We've got Dead Pony doing the whole run with us. And then for Manchester, we've got Manchester's Mouth Culture, who you should check out. They are fucking fantastic. And in Glasgow, we've got New Shapes, who are great. And then we, uh what's next? Cardiff, we have Delore, local boys Delore. Check them out. They are fucking superb. And then in Birmingham we have uh, Lunas, which is Connor Ball from the Vamps' new project, which are cool. And then last, by no means least, in London we've got my current favourite band. Name some bands
1: from Birmingham. Um, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Right. Um, there's more. Fang- <laughs> fangs out. Fangs out. I. Um you put me on the spot here. There's definitely loads of all that I can't be Well there you go. Right that's now. it.
3: That's it. But the, the thing <laughs> is, fangs out are my favourite band from Birmingham. So okay. take that Black Sabbath. I know Ozzy listens every week. Mm. I'm sorry, Ozzy, if you want to come on and bring a translator, we can do a podcast if you fancy it. But I don't think you go into um because you are scared because I'm the real Prince of Darkness. Ooh, fighting talk. Fighting talk. But yeah, all that was just to say Fangs out to my favourite band from Birmingham. Definitely check them out. They're fucking ripping. They've got a song called Sabbath Town, which is the best song about Birmingham you could ever hear. <laughs> also, I don't know many other songs about Birmingham, but that is a great one. It's a good one yeah, to start.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But there we are. Black Op Tour starting on the 19th. Um, also, just before we start wrapping this up, so I say a lovely thank you to all the messages we've had over the last week about announcing our appearance on the Emo's Not Dead uh, cruise. Um, it's just going to be lovely to go and hang out there. And it was also my birthday, and I had a lot of lovely That's stuff on, on the podcast on my personal account as well. So thank you very, very much. for you to keep up to date with what we've got going on, at Sapling Pod on the Instagram and the app for me known as Twitter. Hey, put this in your story. Let us know you're listening to this right now. And then go and support us here at our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash sapnim. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as always, Sean's going to give a massive shout out to the elite members. Those are the people in the top tiers.
3: Yes, thank you very much to everyone who's ever joined our Patreon. Genuinely couldn't do this. Bo- I, we couldn't do this podcast without the Patreon. So thank you very much. It literally pays some of our bills to get this and I'm probably going to need a new laptop soon. So um, I appreciate the Patreon existing because that might help with the payment. But thank you very much. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi, Janelle Castan, Paul Irshfield, Tony Michael, Scarlett Charlton, Dilly Califragilisticexpialy Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Kelly Ewing, Molly Malloy James Bowerbank, Amy Louise, Kat Besant, Alexandra Pemblint and Jonathan Gutierrez. Jenny Robertson, Amy Dawson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Caroline Robertson, Stephen Aston, Kate Puttack, Jenny Munster, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jason Oredia, Martina McManus, John and Emma, Danny Eaton, Sean Fiennes, M Evans Roberts, Evan, Ollie Amesbury, Emily Perry, Adam King of the Gots, Parslow, Kalila Keane, Josh, five ants rented an apartment with another five ants, now they're ten ants, oh. crisp, <laughs> indeed. Thank you very much, Vicky. New Patreon member, Fraser in. Thank you very much. Kyle, Bounty Chocolate fan, David Smith. And last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family.
1: Woo! Yes, we appreciate all of you so, so much. Thank you for continuing to make this thing happen each and every week. Um, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Friday and well, every week with some very special guests, some nice surprises and random sentences you never expected to hear.
3: Yes. Fantastic. This has been a great episode. I'm glad we could finally get to do it. I love Vinny a lot. Um Yes.
1: Subna Sapnen
3: You closed your eyes for that then. No, Oh, I love him. You're listening to Sapin' Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.